happy Tuesday. Don't know what day you're listening, but it's Tuesday for us today. I'm so glad you're here. I have a great guest today, and I'm super excited to share him with you. His name is Scott Evan Davis. He's a multi-award winning composer and lyricist based in New York City. He's also a piano and vocal coach, uh, as well as um, a very sarcastic but fun and positive guy. <laughs> Scott, are you there? How are you? That was a fantastic sum up of who I am. Thank you very much for that. Uh, and then we could talk more too. But yeah, thank yeah. you. You've got so much going on and I thought I'd make it quick and oh. let everyone get to know you as we go. Thanks. So good to have to, to be here and to have you ask me. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so glad that you um, got back to me. So I have to tell you so funny. So a girlfriend of mine, Bridget here in Arizona, had sent um, a, uh, you know, like you can share on Instagram, the little videos and, you know, things. The reels? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she shared yours. I was like, this guy's hysterical. And I didn't <laughs> even think, and then I was like, oh my God, I got to share it with more people. This is great. So I shared it with my friend Gina and we were just laughing one morning at one of them. And I'm like, this guy is awesome. And then finally I thought, oh my gosh, I think I need him on my podcast. This is just too I good. love that. That's great. <laughs> that is social media influencing at its best right there. Look at that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Scott, honestly, when I read about you, I thought, you know, what a wonderful human being and praise praise you for all of the good that you do and I really want to talk a lot about your life and how you got started and and then I kind of want to like end off on and we'll have fun with uh, your Instagram and your your snarkety side it's a whole different thing like it's, it's two completely different things it is I'm but split in two there you, are you a Gemini <laughs> no I'm a Libra but you would think I was a Gemini funny enough you know what? I think we're all kind of split like that. And I think that's, and, and that, another thing I love about you is uh, read up a little bit on you and how you love like the connectedness of, of people and humans and um, seeing the similarities. And we are, we all kind of have different sides. You know, it's like, I love that you embrace all of it. And it was something for a long time for me that was really hard for me. It was like, do I want to be this person or this person? And I'd see people that I admired growing up. And sometimes it was very, you know, people that were, you know, kind of in their little box and very appropriate. And then there were people that were funny. And I'm like, well, I could be funny. I want to try to be funny. And I realized I, I kind of can carry both of those things. I mean, it's you have to have fluidity in life. And um, I feel like you do that. And I think even be, doing what you do um, with your music and uh, the theater and composing and, and, and writing incredible, um, I, I'm assuming you write like the scripts and everything for theater as well, right? I, well, the, I have a show right now. Yes, I write songs. Basically, I write the music and the lyrics. Um, I don't normally write script. Okay, I, so it's know, just lyrics. usually a separate book writer, but um, you know the 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 lyrics and, and the music. I was just gonna say, just listening to you, by the way, you obviously are the same kind of a person because I don't think that you can interview people or or really even want to connect with other people if you can't somehow adapt to a bunch of different people. You know what I mean? I, I you obviously do that really well too. Oh, thank you. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that I'm an empty nester, I'm having a lot of fun in life. So, um, yeah, I want to talk to you first. Okay, so you grew up, you were more into acting, correct? Well, I mean, yes. When I before I I found acting when I was twelve, but before that, I was training to. You ready for this? Oh, but, okay. I was training to be a professional bowler. I went to Atlantic City every Saturday to train to be a bowler, oh, and wow. it's what I wanted to do. And then I found theater, and I was an actor, like singer, actor performer until I was 30 um, without ever wanting to I never wanted to be a composer that was not something I wanted to do or thought I was going to do that happened very late in life totally randomly it's a whole story it's a beautiful story I want to get but, into no I, I read that that was about your mentor and your coach correct 
God, you're good. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's a beautiful story. Could you share it? I think it's I think it's absolutely lovely, and it and it teaches sort of a lot of things in life, and I kind of like it. You know, it's really funny. I just finished. I will. Yes, of course I will. I just just finished like about 20 minutes ago, honestly, a new song, um, and it's called Ghosts, and it's all about our memories and how we sort of take all these ghosts with us with every chapter that we have in our life, right? We sort of bring everything with us whenever we go to something new. And it sort of just reminds me, because that's what that was. So when I was um, training to be an actor, I, I went to um, college in Boston, and then I went to another college in um, New York, and that's for a conservatory, and that's where I met my teacher. And I was working like four jobs, and I was broke, and I've been on my own financially since I'm like 17 years old. So I was waiting tables at the Olive Garden in Times Square, and it was just, it was rough. And I remember sitting in school, and he, I had to sing something, and it was my turn to go up. I fell asleep. And he was, I did, <laughs> I was exhausted. Awesome. I was pulling an all-nighter and, and then coming to do this conservatory work hard like worker. eight hours. Right. And I had a sing, and he was really like, he just, he, he wanted to take me under his wing and he actually ended up asking me to go to lunch and talk about like what was going on and why I kept falling asleep. And he sort of confided in me that he, um, you know, he had been diagnosed with cancer and nobody really at school knew and he didn't have very long, like a year or two. And it just became this very symbiotic sort of um, um, relationship and mentorship where I sort of helped and took care of him when he needed it and in turn he would like work with me and, and, and teach me how to act through a song and all this stuff. Anyway, long story short, we had a big falling out and um, and this was before the internet, but I was living in Boston because I was following a relationship and I gave it all up and we never spoke again and I was a stupid 19 year old. And um, I, the relationship fell apart a year later. I was working as a mutual fund investment specialist in Boston, that... gave up theater, and I wrote him a letter. Because that's what you did in 1999. Yes. Yeah, you wrote you a did. letter. Oh my gosh, you're right. We didn't text or anything. No, and I had found out that he had passed away, and, and that's so he never got the letter. Flash forward to me being a professional actor. I was living in New York. I was in an off-Broadway play. It was called Joy. I was miserable but it was called joy and I hated it. And I remember going to sleep one night and I just dreamt about him. And he was on a park bench and he had his hair and he was young and he was healthy and he hugged me and I hugged him back. And the whole time that he was hugging me, he was humming a melody. Um, and what's really funny is, you know, that melody sort of just kept growing and growing and the hug got tighter and tighter. I woke up. And I couldn't breathe. It was like four o'clock in the morning. Totally forgot about the dream until that next day. And I couldn't get the melody out of my head. Don't forget, I'd never written a song, nor had I ever wanted to. I taught myself to play the piano when I was 12. I know. But, so I was musical, but I never wanted to write. And I went and I wrote out that, like plunked it out. And that became my first song. And um, I called it Cautiously Optimistic. And that became the name of my first album. And then I've just been very successful as a writer ever since. I mean, I, I don't really perform anymore. But like, if that's not someone from the other side being like, hey, I know what you should be doing. Come here. Give me a hug. It's such a good. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what is. I have the goosebumps over it because I really love. I mean, I, I tend to be a little bit of a. I mean, I'm not. I'm deep. Sometimes I'm probably a little shallow. I mean, we all have our size, but I am deep and I really do love um, that story. It's so beautiful to me. And, and sharing that with other people gives them a sense of hope that there's still connection, especially 
after someone's gone, if you didn't have the proper goodbye that, you know, that sometimes you might need or that they're still like an angel on your side. I think it's so beautiful, Scott. I love this whole story. It's so real too. This was when I was 30, I'm 44. And I can tell that story like it just happened just because it changed the rest of my life. It's pretty you know? amazing. And you know, it gives yeah. hope for a lot of people out there. I think it's instrumental for them to listen to that and and actually, you know, um, recognize signs like that. I think it's beautiful. So kudos to you for doing that. And now you're changing lives as well as- yeah. Uh, oh, It's just, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and look what you're doing. So, you know, um, tell, can you talk a little bit about, um, so you've written a couple more things. You, you work with Epic. Um, love for you to explain that. I think it's absolutely beautiful what you're doing. Um, and um, I, you have a show called Indigo, right? I do. I the show. And it's going to have its first performance, its first stage. We had two broad because I had Broadway producers attached to it. We were we had all these um, pre-Broadway workshops in the pandemic hit, and we just now were confirmed we're going to be uh, opening it up uh, the first stage production next spring in Ohio. I'm very excited about it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. God bless you. Oh, it's so wonderful. Um, can you tell all things in time? Amen. Can you tell everyone a little bit about it? And um, I think it's it's quite lovely. I mean, honestly, the only real way to sort of get into that um, for people listening that don't know, um, working with the autistic community has been a huge part of my life. And that was another thing that I didn't plan. But when I started writing, thank you, Brian, Brian Ashinger, that was my teacher's name. Okay. But when I started writing, um, I was always a teacher. But uh, the company I was working for said that we, this was years ago in like 2000. Oh, I don't remember 2010 um, and they there was 10 kids on uh, autistic children on the Lower East Side of Manhattan and they had been doing shows and they needed I uh, wanted to write their own musical they got sick of sort of doing other people's stories they wanted to tell their story mm -hmm. and they needed a composer so I interviewed for the job and I got it and I had my very first session with them where I would sit and ask them questions and I had never really been, you know, in a room with autistic individuals before. It wasn't part of my life. And I just remember asking them, like, what they wanted to write about, how they were feeling. They mm. wanted to talk about being bullied. And this girl, Chelsea, I'll never forget, she raised her hand and she says, I just want the world, I want to write a show so that the world knows what we can do. That's what she said. And so I said, great. And I went home and I wrote a song called If the World Only Knew that weekend. And then I taught it on Monday and that was their song. And now that song has um, literally been my most successful song. And it's sung all over the world. And it's done in at the Gershwin Theater. It's done in show choirs. It's done in choruses it, all over the world. And it's had a huge life. And that was sort of my first you know, foray into the autistic community. And then I was in a documentary called Spectrum of Hope with those kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then I found Epic Players and Epic Players is a professional neurodiverse theater company here in New York City. Um, I had just been working on Indigo. Oh, and, and by the way, Indigo is a musical that I've written and the lead character is nonverbal and autistic. Yeah. And there's a grandmother who has dementia. And um, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> happy show. No, it really is. But um, but but that I had been writing that for a while and working with the kids at P95 kind of inspired me. And that's that show. And the creative team and I were about to do a, one of our workshops. 
and um, we came across Epic Players. It's a professional neurodiverse theater company. They pay their actors. They're incredibly talented, and um, the players are autistic. And so we went to go see a show. They were doing Little Shop of Horrors, and I just fell in love with that company. And I had coffee with the founder. Uh, we became literally like best friends, and. Um, and now I'm, I'm their resident musical director. I'm actually going up to Boston with them uh, in two weeks to play for a benefit. But we just did Lincoln Center. Oh, nice. Uh, we just did a gig at Joe's Pub. And um, I, you know, it's just a world that I'm immersed in. So. It's a beautiful world you're living. I, I think it's it's lovely. And um, I love your, your soul and, and what you stand oh. for and how... How you really touch people with your with your career and it, you know um i study positive psychology i've written a book and, and a little, some of the things that i'm really passionate about is tying in your extrinsic and intrinsic purposes and i feel like you've you're the perfect example of that you know obviously you're making money it's your career but you're tying in this intrinsic value and this passion and purpose which is like making a difference in the lives of of these kids and these people that you know you're giving that voice and that way to think and and really um show that they are completely capable and they're uh, I mean, what a beautiful i mean i listened to the song i i, I cried if the world if the, it's if the world only knew right yeah well it is yeah thank you well, what's been really interesting is when we were doing indigo because the lead character is nonverbal and autistic it was very important to me and the whole creative team that we did not have a neurotypical you know a non-autistic actor play it okay, okay. Player. And so we did a national casting call for autistic actresses um, who identified as autistic to audition because that was the only way that I would do it. And we found this wonderful girl um, from Indiana and she we flew her to New York and she blew everybody away. She's going to be a star. God bless but, her. Um, I love it. I love yeah. It. And so I, that's the other reason why I think it's was representation is so important, you know, in theater specifically. And this but, all started from that dream. All started from the dream because I would never have written one note of indigo or one word or one lyric if I just was still acting. You know what I mean? Yes. It was, I was in an off-Broadway play. I, I wasn't even doing anything musical. I was just acting. And, and I had done other shows. I, you know, so where did that come from? It's so mm. mind-blowing to me just because, I mean, it's so true and I lived it, but like I am still reaping the benefits of that one night, that one weird dream and i'm not a dreamer i don't know if you are but i don't dream regularly i don't when i do they're intense but few and far between and this was just one that stuck i think it's so amazing god bless you i love that story that's amazing well you know i think what you're doing is so awesome and you know it's so interesting because so me seeing your instagram i would have never believed you know that there's know. this you know <laughs> So embarrassing, also fun. <laughs> it's great because that's something I've learned as I've gotten older is to like just have fun with life and be goofy and we're human and we think thoughts and whatever. It's and we are more, there are more things that, that bind us, that, that, that we relate to as humans than that divide us. And yes. I think one of the things we focus on in this world is just what divides us because how could we not? We turn on the TV, we watch news. But mm -hmm. the truth is the essence of humanity, the essence of the human condition, the essence of behavior is global. And it doesn't matter who you are. And I just think if we can continue to make fun of ourselves for that reason, then maybe that makes people realize that we're not alone. <laughs> I, yes, you know, our thoughts and everything that we do. Yeah. You know, it's so, mm. when people, um, you know, you look at some people and they'll say that, oh, well, you know, I would never. And they have this sort of attitude that, you know, you think that they're, or they want to convey that, like this message that they are so perfect and they don't have an ill thought. Well, 
being human is having thoughts and we can't act on all of them but you know we can't control the influx of thoughts that come in our head and sometimes they come in and you one of the them. one of the lines uh because i also do this like skit you probably know but like i play my own therapist right i have this i love that I, I play my own therapist and they're both like more sarcastic than the other right and one person was like you know well i think the therapist at one point said to me or whatever you know um it says here you know so that you don't like most people you know why do you think that is? And I, the response is because I've met them. You know, there are just, there's so many people out the there that just make you want to pull your hair out. But I also love people. So it's a weird too. dichotomy. Of know? course, but that's part of life. And the, the journey's supposed to be good and positive and take the good out of it and go and roll. And that's what you do. And that's why I like you so See, much. You get it. You get totally. it. Totally. I brought my coffee cup because I, I wanted to. Yay. Okay, so I want you to do a little, like one of your... Do one. I want to. I want to do be one. Like, yes. Okay. Okay. Have you ever looked at somebody and just thought, "My heart has no room for you," but my trunk does? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Were you thinking that about me? No, not you. <laughs> like, I'm not totally you. Kidding. You're lovely. You're lovely. <laughs> it's okay. You can stick me in the trunk. It's fine. I probably wait. What did what? I just posted one yesterday. It said. Um, um, do you ever let your mind, what is it? Do you ever let your mind wander um, to a happy place where you, where you're allowed to punch people in the throat and there's free cake? <laughs> I was trying to repeat that to somebody and I was saying something about punching them in the face. I'm like, okay, I, yeah, am, no. I can't do oh, him. Just go so follow him on Instagram. This, this is new in my, in my professional existence, but now I'm getting videos of kids kids like 11 12 year old kids who like are trying to do the eyebrow who have a coffee cup and the mother's like Sh see he wants to be and it's like you know what did a kid say i don't even remember but they're never funny but it's like you know um you know well when i punch you in the throat it's like whoa back off, back off. Really the <laughs> i didn't do that oh my god that's awesome oh, wait i yeah. have the eyebrow wait maybe not with my botox uh, Oh, no, I have a dermatologist that knows, that follows me and specifically uh, knows to leave this one alone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everything else was not That's here. awesome. That is so great. Okay, when I come to New York one day, I definitely have to meet you. Like, this is great. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about your husband. You're married. I am. Actually, in a couple of uh, days or in a week, it's our three-year wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Nice. He's in the other room. Oh, um, does he want to come say hi or no? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I go live on TikTok every morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Oh, okay. And I do like a show, not a show, but I mean, I talk and answer questions and, um, and you know, he's yet to come on there. Everyone asks. <laughs> oh my um, God, they do. That's awesome. But, but he's great. He, he works in, um, you know, he was in entertainment first for his job in casting for a while. And then he decided he wanted to make money so he works he works for court he works in a corporation and, and he does really really um well his job and you know i'm very proud of him but Aww. we uh we're very happy here in this little apartment in this apartment i don't know and yeah. you have a dog and you have a cute little dog i've seen it we have a dog and a cat who and they get who along knows where they are yeah yes. See, and they, yeah. They... wait with us or with each oh, other, no. <laughs> with each other. <laughs> Um, no, they do. They're, they're great. This one's an angel here. She's 10 years old. Her oh, name is Molly. Molly. She's, she has lived through every, all of it. And now Molly she wants girl. To say hi. Um, yeah, but she, I can't lift her. Okay. But she's great. <laughs> so, um, so you kind of started this whole thing. So you, the TikTok and the Instagram started, was it during the lock? Was it during COVID? The, the whole lockdown? Oh no. It's less than a year ago. I started my TikTok. I didn't know what TikTok was on December 15th of last year, but I posted oh, my, my first God. TikTok around Christmas. Um, and it was definitely because of the pandemic. So my original thought was, 
hey, listen, I have been on Instagram. I had 8,000 followers on Instagram last December. Um, well, actually four months ago. Um, but I was on Facebook. I was on Instagram. I didn't know what TikTok was. And my husband actually would like sit and laugh at TikTok. And I was like, what are you laughing at? And he would start to show me things. And I was like, I don't get it. How are people editing that? I don't understand how you're doing that. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like for, you know, I just didn't get it innately. It wasn't oh, something that Oh, trust me. I'm the same me. way. I don't know how my, my kids giggle and show me stuff. I don't know how everybody's doing all this. I so I thought to myself, like, maybe there's a way, because I thought it was kids, you know? And I was like, maybe there's a way to push my music or to grow my studio or to, because I teach virtually, you know, now. This is my studio because um, of the pandemic. And now I've stayed virtual, which is great. But... That being said, I started TikTok and then I said, this is so ridiculous. All I really want to do is laugh. And I love the love Golden that. Girls. Like, I love the Golden Girls. I do too. And my husband, uh, so I started doing lip syncs of the Golden Girls because oh. I found sounds, you know, and you can lip sync. I was playing all the characters. Oh my God, you were and... totally having fun with this, like while you were learning all about it. Oh yeah, well that's what I was doing. This and I was waking awesome. up every day and I would spend like two hours doing these videos and my husband for Christmas bought the wigs. And I did that for a couple of weeks. No, truly, if you really scroll I'm gonna go down. real far back on my TikTok, you'll see the, the Golden Girls face. Love and they're it. very funny, but what happened was they became very time consuming. And I said, you know, is there a way for me just to be funny or make people laugh just by talking? So I tried some stuff out wasn't drinking coffee. I wasn't matching my coffee mugs to my shirt or nothing. And um, it just sort of organically happened. And then I just started doing one-liners and I figured out the algorithm and understood what made what people liked. And um, and now, now, I guess less than a year later, I have close to 300,000 on TikTok and 85,000 on Instagram. Oh, I think you like have that. like 87. I know you're, you're up, you're getting close to a, yeah, it's amazing. It's close. It is close. And I mean, that's just been, it's changed my whole life because brands reach out and, and I mean, we were at brunch the other day, just randomly went to a French restaurant and um right before we got the bill the manager came over and said oh my god i'm a fan of yours i follow you please let us treat Aww. you to you know come back on our on your anniversary Aww. he knew that it was so they're treating so us cute. for our anniversary it's um you know i i don't really understand it but like people enjoy it in some way well, yeah, and because yeah. of that they've gotten to know my music which and is great that's exact well that's right because i got to know you the other way first and then i started right. doing my homework on you and what a beautiful soul you are i thought this guy's incredible he's deep he's funny he's goofy he owns it i love it um yeah no and i think like what how why people really do think it's funny is because they do think that way come on like people have a thoughts lot of like people that people say that like oh you say things that i can't or because they'll get fired i was like listen i've been working <laughs> for myself fired. for years the only person that's going to fire me is me so you know uh, it'll be fine and i just think that's something that people gravitate i guess they gravitate to it and what's been really helpful is going live oh okay because my i can really show my personality which isn't really that guy it's just a part of me or whatever. But, you know, for instance, I, I wrote a song on, on my live a couple of months ago, my first pop song, and I released it about my imposter syndrome because I suffer oh, from that, really that, severe imposter syndrome. That's right. I wanted to talk to you about that as well. Tell me about the song first. I, I did it, read about that song. It's called Falling Every Day. Oh. It's available everywhere. Um, and I have been in musical theater my whole life, and I write musical theater and Broadway and things like that. And this was definitely the first time that I have 
worked with a music producer and just did a, a pop song. But I, it was, it's a deep song because it's about my insecurities, but it was one of a, a challenge. I was talking about imposter syndrome on my lives. And I said, you know, it'd be really interesting if I really put myself in front of the fire, so to speak, and said, you know, what's the most vulnerable thing I can think of to do? And it's writing in front of someone. Mm. And I don't normally do that. And I sat here at this piano and I went live and I just wrote and I got ideas and we brainstormed and it was, I ended up with a great song. So oh my gosh, that's that. Amazing. You're an inspiration though for a lot of people because, and, and with this imposter syndrome, it's sort of like, um, it, it's kind of like you have this like, you feel like you're not worthy of the success you have, correct? Like you almost Absolutely. have to keep going and keep going. And, um, and the more you achieve, the less you feel like you've warranted those achievements. Right. Like you feel like it's based on luck or you didn't, yeah, warranted. So, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so then, um, but I love that, um, you, and you obviously understand how to manage because again, we all have thoughts, we all have stuff we have to deal with. You know, you, it's like you own it for a little what bit. What could possibly have given the, you the idea that I can manage it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, because you do. It's so obvious that you, I, I think do. you do. I do. I mean, we all, ha you know, um, okay, you're right. I shouldn't have assumed that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, that was me being funny. You're right. I do manage it. I really have to. I, I am just as much somebody who puts myself in front of people as someone who wants to retreat. There's a line in Falling Every Day that says, I have so much I want to say, but I'm the only one who's standing in my way. I do my best to play the game. I want the world to know my name, but sometimes I want to vanish all the same. Amen. And that's... I love that. That's how I think. Right. Well, that's very relatable because I feel like, especially if you're artistic, if you're passionate, you have this desire to, to do, to show, to validate, to all of those things. Yeah. And 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 sometimes you know it's from a good place, and sometimes it's from an ego place. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, it's incredibly exhausting. Yeah. Because sometimes you feel, especially if you achieve things, mm -hmm. you feel like, well, when is it the other shoe going to drop and everyone's going to know I'm just like a fraud or, or everyone's going to know, I really don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And, yeah. and that's, and the more successful you get, I think the more that comes into play. So. Yeah. And it's also kind of like some people, like I would say that I, I was more fear of failure. Like with my book, I would kind of, I mean, I always committed to doing it when the kids were older, but you know, I was afraid of, well, if I do that and then how, mine was more like, how would I be judged or what's next? And then what mm -hmm. if I don't do an, a good enough job handling my life and what I want to do going forward? Or I, it, there's so many fears. And I think with imposter syndrome, it could also be so, somewhat fear-based, right? Where you are, are, well, you're kind of managing and do you, would you say you become like an overachiever with what you, what you have? Oh my is, God. Yeah. I would say at this point I'm overachieving. <laughs> no, well, you seem like you go all day, but you do a lot. So you go all day long. I, I do. And I will tell you that I think the core of my imposter syndrome, I've thought about this a lot and I, I journal every day and I write my journal and I, I've really thought about this a lot. And I really do think the core of it is that I've never, I've never had a piano lesson. I've never gone to music school. I've never learned how to write a song. I have, I trained for something totally different. And then all of a sudden I'm like putting myself in front of people who have masters. And, and it's, it's, it's that I think was the core of it. And then when I started getting successful at it, I wondered why. And I wondered what is it? Why? And when is that going to stop? Oh, and that is for me, at least what I think it is. It, and it's because I did start winning awards and I did have a concert at Kennedy Center and I did like, all these incredible, cool, cool things. And then it just made me wonder, like, how did I get that lucky? 
it's just luck. like, you know, that can't be warranted because I didn't work hard enough, you know, for the, trust me, I can go on for days. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, you're here, obviously but, very gifted. I did read that you taught yourself how to play the piano and, and, and I understand that, but you know, you are gifted, but you could take your gifts and not do anything with them and you're doing a lot with them. So I think, because, it, I think it's all warranted. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Like I'm an overachiever. I've always been. And honestly, the truth, the vulnerable, ugly truth of it is it's just out of pure insecure needing validation. It's yeah. out of um, wanting to be, I had somebody say to me when I was 17, I was interning for a place I'm not going to name. And I wasn't with it. I was very focused on other things. And I was 17. I just wasn't there. And um, they said to me, listen, we're going to take you out of this program because I don't really think you're ever going to mount anything. I, and then my friend oh my who was God. with me at that same place stayed and had a private meeting with that person. And I guess that person said about me, which was then relayed to me, that I would never amount to anything or I was a loser or something. And I, it's, oh my God, it's that's so funny bad. how... But it's funny how something like that can sort of whittle its way and, and, and needle you because I think for the rest of my life, I've just always been trying to prove that I am smart or that I am successful or that I am worthy. And, you know, it's it's sort of a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of an abyss because you'll never really feel that. That's but I, I'm getting to a place in my life where it's becoming easier to feel proud of. It's more peace, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm more popular now than I'd ever been. And I... If I had known that drinking coffee and saying sarcastic things was going to make me that popular, I would have done that instead of writing. <laughs> like, you know, I would have done that. <laughs> you know no, what? I think I think you're really talented. I, I, you know, that I love the verse of that song. I mean, I think we all Thank think you. like that at some point, right? I mean, I don't about that being famous or anything, but it just just being able to, even in your community, just being able to have an impact. Everybody does kind of, yeah. Everybody has that, but then everybody wants to have a voice, but also doesn't want to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, they need, especially like, you know, they said some people are extroverts, introverts, and then introverted extroverts is kind of like more like that. And that's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? IGTV or something? No, something oh IFNTV or there's some weird personality trait that's like an extroverted introvert. Well, I'm with you on IGTV. that one. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll join you in on that one. It's all good. Well, well, yeah, it's, well it's, it's like the people who really, really, really want to be invited to something, but just don't want to go. There you, you go. Know, that's me. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much, you know, I, I've i stayed home a lot. Now, actually, I get out more. At once once my kids got older, I started getting out more. I'm like, Tina, go do your stuff. Be more social. Be where, do, what, where do you live? Where, is it Arizona? Yeah, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. I go to L.A. Yeah. a lot, um, kind of spending a lot of time out there, but um, grew up in Arizona. And then so I married, um, when I was in college, I married a guy who played basketball here for the Suns. And then we had four wow. kids and we moved to Miami and then back here and uh, finished raising the kids here. Yeah. That's so cool. wow. I've been in New York for so long. I forget that other things exist sometimes. Um, <laughs> but the energy around New York, when you leave your, when you leave your apartment, you know, there's people in the elevator, there's people on the street, yeah. there's people on the subway. You're constantly surrounded by energy. Yeah. And that's why I sort of like to hold away sometimes. Because you take because it it's on. It's exhausting. Uh -huh. Yeah. I can't just get into my car and drive. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to travel with people. It's, you know, it's constant it's stimulation. Yeah, it's yeah. constant stimulation. Yeah. I lived on 56th Street in Lexington back in the day when I was modeling in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I loved it. I knew it. you were you were a model. I knew it. No, <laughs> you know, I did a little bit. I took about a year off yeah. of college, and then I, I decided to go back to school. But yeah, it was yeah. fun. That was my first thought when when you when when I looked at your profile. I was like, she's so pretty. Oh, so that's sweet. I'm getting a little old, but it's all good. Mama's growing we all up. Are. Yeah, you look great. Oh, thank you. I I enjoy aging. I don't you feel like as you've gotten older, you're sort of more content. I mean, you seem. Again, we no. all have our internal stuff, but, you're, <laughs> but you know, you, you, you do, and what you do and how you speak about what you do with, with, with all of the kids and, and, and this community, there is a lot of solid foundation within you. And I love that. And I, and I respect I'm it immensely. I'm way more grounded. I mean, I can, I can joke about age and getting older and all Me that too. stuff, yeah. but I, I wouldn't change the wisdom that comes from it or the, the self-awareness from a very deep place that comes with with age for anything i wish certain things you know were easier but that's like you give a little you take a little like and i i do think that when you're younger especially if you're driven and you're and, and you're and you want to succeed no no one really takes you seriously until they take you seriously and sometimes that has to do with age and i just think people view us differently yeah. which gives us a better sense of awareness and self-assurance yes. because people treat us that way. No, I agree with it's you. It's hard from the other spectrum when you're just trying and you're striving and take me seriously and listen to... When you're older, it's like... There's a groundedness. Well, you know, you've lived, you've lived more. And so you've got, yeah. To, yeah, it's it's a wisdom that you carry and it's through trials and tribulations and overcoming so much more. Yeah. It's a sense of confidence too, wouldn't you say? It's a sense of confidence. I'm my coffee. And I also think it's a sense of... Um, there's a sense of urgency, I think, that fades. And I fight time all the time. I I always feel like I started late. I feel like I have to keep... But there's a sense of urgency that it was in my 20s and 30s about just... Have you ever heard of Saturn Returns? Do you know what that is? Mm -mm. What is that? Every 31st or 32nd year, astrologically, we all go through something called Saturn Returns, which is when Saturn returns to your something um but <laughs> but something. it's and then it so that's sort of like a quarter life crisis when you're 30 and also your midlife crisis again it's sort of related to those times and oh, things are in upheaval and there's a sense of like awareness that comes when you're out of your 30s i think um so yeah i think it is confidence i, agree. I also just think it's net it's connection in time yeah i like and it we settle into who we are i like it i like where i am right now I'm really yeah. enjoying it. I, I, I'm too. not, yeah, and so many, you know, um, I can't say who it is. I know someone that doesn't like to say her age, and um, she's, she's <laughs> getting in trouble. But she's right here. <laughs> no, she's not here. She's not, she's not in here. And, um, you know, so growing up, I was always kind of afraid of saying, you know, I thought I wanted to be younger than I was. And I'm like, no, I actually like my age, and I like getting older. I'm, I'm proud of it, and, and I'm proud of my mistakes, and um, I'm proud of, what I deal with internally and in processing it and just growing each day. You know, I, I love that it's a work in progress. I'm a work in progress and I've kind of gotten comfortable with it and I like it. It's all good. And I love that. And I think, you know, first of all, you exude that. So it's very, I mean, I can tell that's sort of who, who you are right now because you have that sense of, you have that sense of awareness, you know? I think what's really interesting too is relationships and who loves you and who, who you choose to love and the relationships that you're in and how that works out because i've been in very toxic mm. relationships my whole life i met my husband we're married for three years and it is the best healthiest 
happiest, most supportive, most communicative relationship that I've ever been in. And that changes you too. Yeah. Because you sort of let all of this other stuff that you worried about go and you can focus on a, a truer essence of who you are um, when you have that kind of, I think, love there yeah. that is sort of trusted. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I believe I that, agree with that. That spirals us when we're younger too. It's mm. because you sort of you 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 dictate your own self-worth based on who loves you. Yes. And and that changes as you get older where I think you start to dictate your own self-worth by how you love you. Yes. How you love you. Amen. So yeah, one hundred percent. No, I agree with you, and I, I've had some uh, similar relationships, and so um, I, 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 I'm processing that fear, um, and I've got to get through that and process that because you know you meet somebody, and then you know I get a little more fearful, and I want to run away if I think it's something mm. good. You know, I just don't ever want to get, you know, get into something that's not healthy again. You know, absolutely. It's hard. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed having you on. Um, this is great. Yeah, I love talking oh, to you. I like talking to you, too. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> when I come to New York, we definitely have to get together. If you're ever out here in L.A., I mean, and um, wait, what's your husband's name real quick again? Oh, Logan. Logan. OK, Logan. I want to meet Logan one day as well. He's got to be fabulous because you're fabulous. Thank you very much. He's wonderful. Oh, yeah. well, tell him I said hi. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And, and I, listen, by the way, congratulations on your book. I just think I want, it's a huge achievement. Oh, thank you. I want to send you guys some so you can just have some giveaway. I would love that. So we'll work on that after. But I want to tell you, I'm so grateful to have you on. Everyone, Scott Evan Davis. He is on Instagram, TikTok. I don't have, but I'm going to get it now, even though my kids all have it. So good because I want to follow you and do the whole watch oh. this fabulous. <laughs> I want to see the Golden Girls. Um, you guys, he is a, a, just an incredible talent. If you want to giggle and laugh at yourself and your thoughts and know that life is good, we're all in this together, follow Scott Evan Davis. What a remarkable human doing great things and has that sense of sarcasm that can make us all just giggle at ourselves and know we we are human and we have to uh, have permission to be human and still be loved. And I love that's kind of what you convey in my eyes. You're so sweet. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming on and sharing time with me and Scott Davis. Uh, as I said before, check him out on Instagram, Scott Evan Davis. Uh, wish you all a blessed day. Love yourself. Giggle at yourself. Have fun in life and learn to laugh at uh, little things that go awry because um, we're all imperfect in some way, but that makes us all perfect in so many ways. God bless you and have a great day. Mm -hmm.